I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. With Boyd Matheson. As we look at Russia's invasion of Ukraine, a country with far fewer people, far fewer resources, uh, and yet they have been unsuccessful uh, in their ability to overpower what many thought would be a very short invasion into Ukraine, figuring that Russia could topple the government quickly uh, and take over the country. Uh, it simply has not proved to be the case. Uh, and so then that raises other questions about how Russia is still a superpower. What does that really mean? Was this just bad planning? Was this just bad strategy when it comes to their military people? Uh, was it an, uh, an underestimation of the will of the Ukrainian people to enjoy freedom and prosperity and that path towards upward mobility? Or is there something deeper than that? Does it go well beyond what the military did or didn't do? Military training and equipment that may be outdated. There, there's more to it than that. This is one of those we have to go beyond the headlines and really look at it. We often talk about their assets and their resources. And usually when we talk about Russian assets and resources, we talk about oil and gas, which, of course, have been funding their government and funding their army for a very long time. Uh, we're seeing several things on the horizon in terms of Europe being willing to cut off that Russian oil and natural gas. That will be an interesting play to see what that does in terms of depleting Russian resources. But I think there's a, a bigger issue. And I think it's the people resources, the human capital, the human resources is where Russia, I think, is really going to run into trouble. And a great piece in the Washington Post today by Nicholas Eberstadt, uh, who we're trying to get on the pr program. We'll probably have him on later this week. Uh, but this was just too good to not have a conversation about today. So I wanted to dive into this a little bit, that part of the Russian problem is a human resource problem. And if Vladimir Putin wants to continue to have Russia as a superpower to maintain that superpower status, uh, they've got some serious challenges when it comes to that. Uh, this is a, a different world that we live in. And it doesn't seem that Vladimir Putin uh, has really responded in a way that is conducive to being a world superpower in an age where so much of it is not just the mineral resources, uh, but the human resources that really makes the difference. And so one of the challenges for Vlad Vladimir Putin that not a lot of people are talking about is the demographics of it all. Uh, it, it's not just about head counts. So it's... It's what is actually going on. So so Russia, of course, is depopulating, uh, as we've seen uh, in a lot of places around the world, including including here in the United States. Uh, even after uh, Vladimir Putin annexed Crimea in 2014, the total numbers are lower today of people in the Soviet Union. And uh, since the Soviet Union collapsed in Russia, uh, the working age population is down. The pool of prospective 18-year-old conscripts for the military, uh, those are always uh, dropping off. And so it's a it's a shrinking society. And we've seen, obviously, in places like Germany and Japan that you can you can sustain things. Uh, you can prosper. You can have success that way. But this is a, a real challenge for Vladimir Putin because his agenda is very different than Germany or Japan. Uh, they they don't have 
in Russia, uh, all of the entrepreneurs, uh, all of the, the doctors and lawyers and the innovators that they're going to need over time. Uh, not to say that there aren't some brilliant people in Russia. There absolutely are. Uh, there's extraordinary thinkers. There's people who've done some amazing things. But but the question is, you know, what comes next? Can they sustain what they have while their population decreases? And I thought one of the really interesting things that was uh, pointed out in this uh, piece in the Washington Post today was that when you look at at Russia's output uh, in terms of what is going on, uh, you, you can't survive just on oil and natural gas. Uh, you, you have to... You have to do all the other things that the rest of the world is doing. Uh, I think part of the report said that they're they're actually below uh, Belgium. So uh, that's that's pretty amazing. So we talk about all this oil and natural gas from Russia, but Russia's export earnings last year were lower than Belgium's. So think about that. Now, part of that is Belgium has done some good things. Uh, Belgium manages to to unlock economic value because of those human beings. So they're they're outputting all the th- things in the service industries and the technology spaces and all of that uh, that are helping uh, to offset those kinds of things. So it, it's really interesting to me that that Russia is not seeing that hey, just surviving on our oil and natural gas is not going to cut it anymore. Now, I want to go to uh, an interview we did with Fiona Harrigan, uh, who's the assistant editor at Reason. Uh, she told us here on Inside Sources a, a few weeks ago that one of the things that we should be looking at is we should be taking advantage of Russia's failing demographics by inviting and encouraging Russia's best and brightest to come to the United States. Take a listen. I think that's a really interesting proposal that... Uh, people on the immigration side propose as a way to compete with other countries that doesn't involve bullets, right? It's something that would be a direct boon to our economy and would hurt a country like Russia, which has a severe depopulation crisis. So Russia does have this severe depopulation crisis. But imagine uh, we've, we were just talking about immigration issues just a, a little bit ago with uh, Suzanne Moniak from Roll Call. And talking about some of these H-1B uh, B visas and, and getting some of these best and brightest into the country and not having that big backlog in terms of green cards or other visa application processes. Uh, what I bet you could get some bipartisan support if you said, OK, let's let's create a, a special classification uh, of visas uh, for some of these uh, really smart people in Russia, <laughs> create a, a little more of a brain drain. Uh, they're already struggling with that. Again, as they depopulate, as those numbers continue to go down, it becomes harder for Russia to compete in so many of these other places in the global economy. And so creating a path. Uh, I'm sure there's a, a large number of those uh, entrepreneurial-minded, some of those innovators in Russia to say, yeah, I can I can base out of the United States. That's probably a better path for me. A little less of the Kremlin looking over my shoulder and controlling what I can and can't do, what I can and cannot say. And that's an interesting strategy, that if you allowed some of those folks to come in in a little more streamlined path, uh, that could actually help us uh, in terms of undermining some of the things that are happening in Ukraine when it comes to Russia. So it's just one of those components to a very complicated, very difficult situation in Ukraine uh, and and a very perilous set of circumstances as we try to interact with 
and engage with Russia in a way that is positive uh, and does not lead towards escalation and nuclear threats. Uh, but this is one area where I think we're, we haven't had enough of a conversation in terms of where Russia really is. And while on one hand that might make it more likely that Vladimir Putin will react irrationally rather than act rationally, uh, that is true. Uh, but I think there are other ways to create space uh, that's going to make it very hard for Vladimir Putin to continue his assault on a sovereign country uh, that desires freedom, uh, that has people and faiths and communities uh, that want to pursue their own version of their Ukrainian dream. And they've had success. They've tasted it. They've experienced some of that upward mobility that comes when you can start your own business, own your own business, uh, experiment and, and try to create things that are different. And we need to make sure that with all we're doing militarily, with all we're doing in terms of refugees, that we're also making sure that in the end, Ukraine can maximize its human capital, its human resources, along with its natural resources. Uh, to really create freedom and a future for themselves. At the same time, I think there's an opportunity with Russia's declining population, with their obsession with their natural resources of oil and natural gas, that we can actually get to a different place because they don't have the human capital, the human resources to really be a superpower in the 21st century. That wraps up hour number one of Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. We'll step aside for top of the hour news. Coming up, President Biden attended the White House Correspondents' Dinner over the weekend, and he laughed. We're going to talk about why journalism, satire, and laughing at ourselves are all critical to the future of America. Stay with us right here on KSL News Radio. Utah's choice for 100 years. 15-day plan to slow the spread. The name will be changed. It will not be Tim Haven. Major combat operations in Iraq have ended. We're the station for breaking news, traffic and weather together, and conversation about important stories. KSL FM Midvale. KSL Salt Lake City. Thank you for 100 years of trust. From KSL News Radio. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.